Welcome back to the Miss Art World podcast. I am very excited to have guest uh, Black Man White Baby with me tonight. Um, so, hi. How hi. are you? I'm uh, very, very good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's talk about your artwork. Um, so, how long have you been doing or going by Black Man White Baby? Wow. <laughs> I, uh, it's funny about Black Man White Baby. It's a weird name. Um, I didn't actually come up with it. I, um, Christopher Rice, who's the son of Anne Rice, the author, came up with the name and named me that. Because I, uh, back in, um, I think it was 2015, it was Father's Day. And I woke up on a beautiful Father's Day and, and I was like, oh, I have no father. Mine's passed away. And at the same time, I, I've always had this desire to be a father. Um, so for a while that I considered, you know. And then I reconsider for all, you know, for gay reasons. But, <laughs> but uh, so that Father's Day, I, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's really, it's a long story, but I'll, I'll go back to that later. But there was a mannequin, uh, vintage mannequin I had sitting in my living room at the time of a little baby. And uh, I thought, oh, you know, I'll do a little Facebooking and post a series of pictures of me as the father of this white mannequin. Not thinking it was white, but... You know, because there's no visuals here. Mm -hmm. um, in different poses. And I did a series of six images, like a collage. Mm -hmm. So there's some that were happy, we were engaged, looking at each other. Some were looking away from each other. And then I just posted them, thinking, oh, you know, and I went on about my day. And, you know, I came back, checked back in, Father's Day, same day. And, uh, you know, that's when Christopher Rice had said something, a comment like, this needs to be... Uh, scene or something like that and he reposted it he reposted it and it came back with 300 comments oh my gosh and I was at the time wasn't really thinking I, I didn't spend a lot of time on social media but when I saw those 300 comments I thought what the so I started reading them and they were some were like this artist is a genius <laughs> and some were like this is the scariest... Can I say bad words in here? Because I have oh, a yeah. terrible mouth. But yeah, I just got to get it out. <laughs> this is some fucked up shit. Yeah. <laughs> so it went... And, and some... And, you know, and I just kept scrolling down and I thought... And then I looked at the images and I said, oh, goodness. I kind of began to see what they were seeing. It mm -hmm. looked like the doll and I were actually interacting. And there was some sort of eerie and beautiful story there between a father and their child. And my 300 comments, you know, got me really excited. Yeah. So I messaged Christopher Rice. I said, thank you so much for uh, the, you know, post. And then he uh, said, you know, you should start an Instagram page and call it Black Man White Baby. And I, at the time, I don't think I had even heard of Instagram in 2015. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so I uh, was like, okay. I said, I'm not on Instagram. He said, well, I can set it up for you. And I said, no, no, I'll do it. I'll do it. Dang, he was like yeah. a fan. <laughs> yeah, and he was right. He was 100% right because it changed my life. Mm -hmm. um, I had never used a camera. I shot that on an iPhone. And I used the light coming in from my living room window to light it. And... Um, so I went in and created the page, Black Man, White Baby, put that on there, and then that's where it started. Were you working as an artist beforehand? 
Um, no. My entire life I have been an artist, mm -hmm. but I've never been 100% focused on an art as, as an artist. So what that means is I was working my regular draw job and yeah, I'm a personal trainer. And, uh, and uh, so I, but I am also an artist by nature. I think most artists are. So as a kid, you know, I was always creating things. Um, you know, before photography, which is what I'm doing now, I was uh, a musician. So I went to school and I studied classical music for about four years. And I was like, this is not my jam. <laughs> you know, because I had these big old fingers, but it was working. You know, I played on stage, a little, I don't know, it wasn't Rachmaninoff, but it was like, you know, I don't know, Tchaikovsky's theme or something. And, you know, and uh, I was very passionate about it. And then I realized I, I actually want to write music. And so I asked her, I was like, how do you write music? And they're like, oh, you got to learn chords. So I took a different level of uh, music, and it was chord progressions, and I learned how to write chord progressions, and I have the kind of personality where nothing is small, I make everything way bigger than it needs to be, so I started a band, and I became a lead singer and songwriter with this band, this four-piece band, and I forgot we were called like Dre and Lewis or something, and uh, I went out, and I played, and people loved it, and you know, it was obviously probably very dramatic music, but, mm -hmm. so I went from that, and that was one way of expressing myself, and then prior to that, I think I was, uh, I don't know, I don't remember, probably writing or something, so, yeah, mm -hmm. pretty much been an artist all my life, but this is the first time I've ever worn the title of artist, mm -hmm. and introduced myself as an artist, so... I love the fact that you weren't thinking about the baby being white when you first picked it up and was interacting with it. Is it the same baby that you've used in all of your other um, self-portraits? That's my token white baby. <laughs> <laughs> no. It, yeah, it's the same baby. I have, I've acquired more dolls. I probably have about, I don't know, 30 now. Okay. It's really creepy because, you know, you come to my place and there's, you know, this big black man I'm like... Um, Are you buying them or do people gift them to you? Um, I have not been gifted, I guarantee you, if I uh, <laughs> open go it on up. There. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I haven't done that yet. Um, so what I did at first is I would get them on loan from stores. I would show them my Instagram page. And they go, oh, that's so cool. And they would loan me their dolls. Oh, my god! And so gosh. I had these different dolls. And then pretty soon I was like, okay, that's getting real old. And so I started purchasing a few dolls, just like base, like dolls. And I... And when I, I would do big shoots, I would have like $40. Like I have a piece that's called Orlando 49, and it's, it's a tribute to the victims of the Orlando, uh, the victims that were in the nightclub in Orlando that mm -hmm. were murdered. Mm -hmm. um, so there are 49 dolls in that image. And I just went to like a store and purchased them and kept the receipt. And um, the funny thing about that is I thought I was going to return them after the shoot, but they were on clearance. So. Oh, so you couldn't take them back? <laughs> no. So I had spent like, you know, hundreds of dollars on these dolls. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think I answered your question. <laughs> it's, it's so weird having like the odd things that you just end up having as an artist. Like I have boxes of hair. Like, just hair. And <laughs> Yeah, it's fake hair, but okay. my husband's like, can we get rid of this? I'm like, no, I might need this right. for another thing. Yes. I can't get rid of this hair. And it's, like, tangled and gross, and there's, like, yeah. glitter in it. I've got wigs galore in there, and <laughs> mm -hmm. they're tangled, and some of them are, you know, afros, and it's just, it's, you know, picking any wigs, it's crazy. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I've got a lot of things. In there. I keep a closet where everything's in there. So uh, you do provocative self-portraits um, that explore racial and gender identity. 
Um, when did your concept really become clear to you that that's what you wanted to talk about? Mm. <clears throat> that's really interesting because I didn't have a concept when I started. I was just taking photographs and they were expressing how I was feeling in that moment. Um, you know, for example, I have like, like images called Ramona. So I would just take a doll with, you know, myself dressed in say maybe a dress and hair and take that image. And then Ramona is my mother, Oh. but not thinking that way, but just thinking, Oh, my mother's name would be perfect. But I have such a very, a really, uh, as most people do, a very complex relationship with my mother mm -hmm. and, uh, it comes through me and it comes through the art. And I realized that at some point that those were the things that I was expressing, who I am and all of my experience throughout life. And I wasn't, I don't plan anything when those things happen. I don't plan them. I look at them and go, oh my goodness, there it is. And also feedback. I get a lot of mail, like not mail, like in the mail, but you know, what, what do we do now? DMs. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and people would be like, oh, I see that you are doing this and this is what your concept is. And you're talking about the male body as a, as a as a as a commodity and all these weird things you know so i learned from putting it out there and getting the feedback really what my narrative is okay yeah. that's very interesting yeah. and i love the fact that you're kind of working subconsciously you know that you're doing things but it's the other people that give you the the words for your work yeah and i, I think that's why it resonates with them you know so much because I do identify with it. I mean, now, I mean, sometimes I do have very intentional things that I do, things okay. I want to say, but I try to stay open because um, I don't want to tell people what to think or feel. That is not my goal at all. I just want people to have the experience. And through that, I'm able to heal and uh, grow. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to limit it by, you know, telling people what it is or how they should think. Can you talk a little bit more about when you say you do your work to heal? That resonates with me because a lot of my work is me kind of kind of forcing myself. I have this um, performance piece where I come in the gallery with um, like all of my pageant gear on, like my hair done, my makeup on, my lashes, my Spanx. Love it. <laughs> and I stand in front of people and I take it all off, which is something mm. that when I was running in pageants would be like my worst nightmare. Like you never let people see you without your face on. And so that was me forcing myself to really take ownership of this is how I look like with makeup and without makeup, deal with it, like me deal with it and be okay being in public without Absolutely. makeup. And it was such a, such a kind of a silly thing to deal with. But now, now I feel way better like I can go out without makeup because I've healed. Exactly. And so I, I'm very curious to know like your perspective on the healing process through art. I mean, I love what you just said because that's exactly what I'm, what I'm talking about. Um, I had a really traumatic experience and I didn't realize it was traumatic until I became uh, an adult, like really, like, like now, like a serious adult. And I was arrested while walking down the street. It was probably about 12 midnight. I was about 19 years old. And um, I was in a, I've never done anything. I've never committed a crime. Mm -hmm. um, and it was in the city of Torrance. And I was walking, and I was going to a friend's house. I know it's a little late, but that's what you do when you're young. 
So a uh, cop car passed me, and I knew the cop was going to turn around. But I just thought, you know, he'll turn around, shine a light on me, ask him where I'm going, and I'll flip him off, and we'll go on with our life. Within two seconds, he turned around, but it was crazy because he turned around, swooped around, lights went on, siren went on, boom, they were out of the car. One was in front of me, one was in back of me. Remember, I'm like 19. I was a skinny 19-year-old, and there are two white cops. And I'm not saying that to say, oh, white cops are bad. I'm just saying there were two white cops. The scariest part is they were bigger than me. I was a skinny 19-year-old kid. They had guns, and I did not have anything, and it was 12 midnight. And so they uh, asked me what I was doing. I said, I'm just going to a friend's house. And they did the whole thing, you know. Well, it wasn't the whole thing. It was like, get in the car, basically. They literally drove me across the street, and there's a park. It's called Alondra Park, if anybody knows that park. So there were ducks in the lake, and they they drove me to the edge of the lake. And there's actually a video, a short video on my Instagram page called The Lake. And it's about this experience. And they had handcuffed me already. So they took me out of the car, handcuffed, turned me around so my back was facing the lake. Um, the heels of my feet were over the edge of, so it was, you know, in the water. Mm-hmm. Very strange. Um, and I just remember it was dark and there were headlights shining on me. And there were two cops, both. I was handcuffed and they both had guns. Now, if you fast forward that to maybe two years ago, I'd be dead today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, the story goes on and on. You know, it's 12 midnight. I was punched in the stomach. They were trying to get me to confess to something. I don't know what. And I was such a good kid. And I was so naive. Thank goodness. It, it, I, I didn't know what to say. I mean, please stop hitting me. Um, eventually, they put me in the cop car. And around 5 a.m., after driving around, I don't know what we were doing. I was handcuffed. They pulled me out of the car. It was bright now. There's another cop car, same area, just across the street. We came back to the same location. There was a dog on a, on a chain. They had, the dog was ready to eat me up. Mm. And it was about uh, from 100, maybe 50 feet. I won't be dramatic. About 50 feet away. Daylight now. Um, I had a hat on when they captured me. Or captured. Oh, that sounds awful. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they did. Beast in yeah. the wild. <laughs> when they captured me. And... Uh, there was a woman that came out of her house, and I remember she had a bathrobe on, and she was I could barely see her face. And she was stood there, looked at me for a second. I was trying to figure out what was going on, still handcuffed, the dogs growling at me. Then they put me in the back of the car. She had identified me as the person who committed the crime. In daylight, they took my hat off and uh, got in the car, didn't tell me anything, drove me to the station. So now it's 6 a.m. I'm finally at the station again. I've never committed a crime, never been in jail. I'm in there, uh, they're fingerprinting me, they mm. asked me if I was gay, and I think that had something to do with I was a little flamboyant in my outfit, and I, somehow I just knew, this, I don't know if it was the right thing to do, but I said no, because I just didn't know what that meant when you're in jail. So they put me in with the felons. Okay. And uh, so I spent the night there, I spent the weekend there. Oh my gosh. And uh, I had not committed a crime. That was the catalyst to, um, I think, I think, I think it, it probably had a lot to do with the work I do now, with the art I do now. Like I have a portrait called, a uh, self-portrait called uh, White um, White Lives Matter. And it's an image of a cop car and I'm dressed as a police officer leaning against the car and there are white baby dolls who are pinned up against the cars if they're being arrested. So I just did mm-hmm. a reversal of the experience so that non uh Black people <laughs> can understand what we mean when we say black lives matters matter because in that situation they would be screaming white lives matter 
mm-hmm. if black people were in charge and treated them that way. Um, so that's how I kind of deal with a lot of, um, that's how I resolve things in my life now. And they, and they come out a little bit rough and harsh, but it's the way I experience them. So I have to be truthful. An artist has to be truthful to who they are and to their experience. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't make it pretty just because you want to sell it or you want people to want it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, you're dealing mm-hmm. with very serious issues. And I think, a, you know, a punch, like, in your face, this is the issue I think is really important to not sugarcoat it for people. Um, what's the reaction from people most of the time to your work? Oh, that's a good question. I think th- I've learned to protect myself from people's reactions because there's, they vary so much. I've been called the N-word as a result of it. I have uh, been sent a lot of hate things. I've been called racist. Um, I have been called genius. <laughs> I've been, I'm not a genius, but I've been called, um, <laughs> I've had, um, I think it's very difficult for people to know what to do with my work. I, I've been, I think the general response is that people appreciate the work and they want it and they think that I should succeed. It's just finding that door sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, I had uh, a situation where uh, someone who, I guess it was in a place of power, a curator who was African-American, who is African-American, look at my work. And I thought, great, this is the validation I'm going to get finally. And their feedback was, this kind of art needs to be dismantled because basically it's a part of the problem. Oh. And I thought, <laughs> you're, you're, you're an artist yourself. You look at work and you should understand that, you know, artists aren't limited by... They shouldn't be limited by anything like that. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to express the way we need to express. So I think maybe sometimes certain people think that I'm adding to the problem because they don't really see, you know, I don't know, the forest for the trees maybe. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's a lot of mixed reaction, but I think it's all of those reactions are pushing me in the right direction and pushing the work in the right direction. And that's all that matters. So if I take a personal hit from that, eh, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I... For my work that I have to remember is if it's all positive, it's not um, it's not really getting to people. Like it's not hitting people in the yeah. way that I want it to hit people. I want people to talk about it and to walk away from seeing it and have it stay with them longer. And I think Absolutely. if it's fluff, then it doesn't do that. I don't understand fluff. <laughs> <laughs> I really, I really don't. I, I, I don't understand what the point is. I mean, sure, there's things that, like, I try to make my images beautiful. I think it's important because I think, even though you know, I, there's one image of me. And I, I'm gonna just say it. I'm lynch, I lynched myself, mm-hmm. and the dolls are looking at me mm-hmm. being lynched, and it's a rough image to look at. And I actually had a young girl about 13 write me on. Uh, she messaged me, and. Uh, she asked me why I was in a dress too. So she said, why did you hang that woman? And it just almost kind of brought me to tears. Mm-hmm. So I thought, you know, it's a child and I need to be careful. So I felt I needed to write back and I, I, you know, but carefully I said, it's me. It's not a woman. And then they responded with, why did you do it? And I said, because it tells a story about my life. And I said, I know it's a little hard to look at, I said, but it's sometimes the truth. Sometimes the truth is ugly and sometimes it hurts. 
And then I think she responded. I mean, we talked a little bit more, and you know, I don't like to talk to children online for too long. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you get yourself in trouble. Um, so it ended with her writing and saying, "Thank you. I really like your work." And it, mm. to me, that made a difference. It was like, okay, it's 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 good. It's a mm-hmm. good thing, even though it's 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 uh, it comes across uh, really really rough sometimes. So, yeah. well, I, I think the best type of work. Um, is the work that makes you stand there and think about it critically. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't like one-liners where you just kind of look at it and then move on. Right. Whereas I think people, like a 13-year-old girl who's not really familiar with art and the art world and yeah. looking at art, having her think about it critically and having Absolutely. your response, I think that's, that's amazing. Children are so important, you know, and I think we need to encourage them to ask questions. And that's what I liked about her so much because she asked the question. Mm-hmm. She, she just asked the question. Whereas adults, you know, they accuse me of something or, you know, like I said, being called the N-word. You know, I normally would say it, but I just don't feel like hearing it right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, children ask questions. And I think as adults, it's our responsibility to answer those questions in a way that still allows them to form their own opinion because they are people. Mm-hmm. They are people. And we have to really understand that. So I think my job as an artist is to put those things out there. And to certain groups, yeah, I need to answer for that. And to me, it's children. Mm-hmm. I think they're important enough. Adults, you'd figure it out. <laughs> You've had enough uh, <laughs> talking to <twos. laughs> Um, So for your work, because they're all self-portraits. Yes. Do you set up the camera, put a timer on, go pose, check the um, camera, pose again, like... How does that normally work? That's a really good question. That's the one question I never answer. Because I have a picture called Mammy, where I'm actually dressed as Mammy, mm-hmm. and I'm on point. And I, I, I do that because I'm talking about the, you know, the, the progression of women in, in society and what they're capable of. I'm also holding a stack of pancakes and a baby doll on point, going down a runway. Uh, Which this, is amazing. This art world, <laughs> going down a runway. Um, but... People always want to know how I did that image. And I think if I break it down for you... It'll lose its magic. It's going to lose all of its magic, and it's going to empower you to be like, that's of no value Oh. in, in many, many ways. And I think uh, we do that with... Because people tend to do that with everything. Well, how does it work? Or what is this? Is all oh, I could do that. No, you couldn't. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I want people to stay in that... You know, I come from the point of view of a child myself. You know, when I'm creating those images, and I think that's why they look the way they do. I think it's not intentional, but I think I'm thinking from that childlike mind. So I want people to look at the images with that childlike mind and not worry about if there's like, you know, a, a, a stagehand behind me or someone holding a light or if I ran from the camera or if I have a clicker or whatever. Mm-hmm. I want them to just have the experience and, and believe in that narrative and that character and take that journey with me. And, and there's so many things that you'll uncover about yourself, about me, and about us, mm-hmm. we, we us. <laughs> yeah. What's the series that you're working on now, or what's a, a project that you're, you're doing? Oh, goodness. Um, you know, my mind works really, I've always been this way, I'll get an idea and shoot it, and then I'll get another idea and shoot it, another idea, and then when I did my show back in 2018, it was called American Traditions. And I didn't know I was going to have a show called American Traditions, and it was going to deal with um, slavery. It was going to deal with um, 
I know Mammy and Uncle, you know, Ben and, and all these characters that uh, America has placed uh, African Americans into. Mm-hmm. And I started doing blackface, not really thinking it was blackface, just like not thinking the doll was white. I was just doing blackface to portray these characters. So I ended up doing a blackface series called, they called it Blackface. So right now, I, I, I'm just shooting from the heart, basically. I'm shooting what what is coming to me. And it seems to be, it's kind of combining a lot of the elements of blackface, but a lot of the things that are going on today with women, especially, um, you know, because I really believe that women should be in power, and I wish they were. I do. Um, so it's, 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 everything's kind of coming together, and I'll be able to answer that probably in a few months, because I'm planning to do another show. Um, and I'm also thinking a lot about technology and how it's moved us forward and how that, what, what, what effect does that have on, you know, racism now and people's understanding of our system that feeds into that or creates that, excuse me. Um, so those are the things I'm thinking about. So yeah, it'll, you're going to have some women, blackface and techno, <laughs> technology. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Thank you. And you're also doing a series where you're um, interviewing a hundred people. Yes, right? yeah. I don't know that. I don't know how that started. I have no idea. Again, it's one of those things. I was like, "Ooh, I should interview, you know, Latisha and ask her if she's ever been arrested." And you know, and then someone was in front of my camera, and I just started asking these questions, and they started crying. The first person started crying, and then I started crying. Mm-hmm. And I thought, "Wow, that was hard." And it was only like a like, thirty-minute interview, and then I interviewed someone else, called a friend over. And then really good friend. And he started talking about how he, he, I asked him, I think I said, um, if you could change your sex, would you? He says, yes, I'd be a woman. I said, why? And he says, and he started to cry. And, I, and it was because his mother had passed away. And that was his hero. And oh. he said, I would be a black woman. And I just thought, wow, people are really being honest in front of my little camera here. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of said, you know, I want to get a hundred interviews. And, and then thinking about technology and like, how communication works in our society and how everything we hear we're, now we question whether it's true or not and but even in that unknowing we still it still affects the choices that we make so you know i thought i want to keep doing this and find out you know if my neighbor really is a racist or am i just thinking they're a racist because i watch too much tv i want to ask you know the person i work with what they think about black people Rather than find out, you know, look at the TV and have it tell me. Mm-hmm. So I, I do definitely want that to be part of the show because I think it would be magical to just hear a hundred voices, you know, speaking their truths. Are they all the same questions? That's a good question. <laughs> uh, yes. They're based, the base of the questions are all the same. Absolutely. At the same time, I have to give voice to those who have special qualities, such as yourself. Uh-huh, thank you. <laughs> so I have to give voice to that. So, you know, I ask questions of certain women who I know experience this. I ask them about pretty girl privilege. Mm-hmm. Um, because it is true. Some women get away with a lot more. And it doesn't make them bad people. But I want to know how they feel about that. I mean, does that fuck with your conscience? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or do you use it as your power that you use for the good? Or you just use it to be first in line in a nightclub? Mm-hmm. You know, um, I had one woman, she's white, she's very pretty, and she spoke about having, you know, going into a club, and 
she was treated a lot differently than her friend who they didn't know she was with who was black and a little bit thicker. So, I mean, these are things that we don't really hear about because they're just day-to-day, but they affect how people experience the world, view the world, and affect the world. So, I wanted to do things on an individual basis rather than... And I I can learn from that, too, because I have a lot to learn. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Your art also has a lot to do with your... You're a physical trainer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And you've, I was reading an interview and they were talking about your physique and how that kind of enters into the conversation of your work and how you're a strong male figure. Mm-hmm. Um, is that something that you've thought about or that you like in your work or? Um, <laughs> I'm just nasty. No. <laughs> no. I um I think in that article I don't know if it was LA Weekly or LA Times I don't know what it was but I think it's I I, I, I mean I know I mentioned that when you're looking at my body and the work I had this thought and I thought how did I get here I know that my family is from Louisiana mm-hmm. and so that's where the, the ship stopped and threw those Negroes off in Louisiana and I thought you know. Uh, the only way they got here was to survive that ocean. You know, there were times when those slaves were on the ships and they were dying, so they would bring them up and make them dance, dancing the slaves. I can't even imagine. I mean, you, you don't speak the language. There's these ghosts telling you to dance, or you know, and, you, and you're and you're just you haven't eaten and you, you've been in. A, I, it's it's you you know it's horrible. So I started thinking about it. and I was like, whoever survived that trip because millions died. Whoever survived that trip is the reason that I am here. Mm-hmm. Somebody survived that trip. And they must have looked like me. They must have had a strong body. And I said, you know, let's reflect that in the artwork. Let's show what slavery looks like. It's a strong body. It's a strong body that America was built on. And I think that's really important for people, people to understand. And I'm not saying that we built the entire system. There's other, you know... Uh, ethnicities that were part of this but I'm just saying I can only speak of my experience and I know it took somebody with a really strong will and body and mind to get here and I'm so thankful for it and that's why I show my body mm. and it's cute too <laughs> it is You're thank you very good looking um okay uh, you're you're fascinating. Thank like you, dear. I love your artwork. Um, it's amazing. If people are trying to find <laughs> you, uh, where would they go? If they're trying to do what? Find you. Oh uh, well, my website is w. Do we just say that www.blackmanwhitebaby.com. Follow me on Instagram at blackmanwhitebaby. What else? I don't really. Fuck with Twitter. Mm-hmm. It's just, I don't get it. Like people just—it's all words. I, I don't, don't like Twitter it. either. Yeah, and then you can go to um, what else? I have something else. Do you know what it is? Oh, Facebook. Facebook. <laughs> yeah, just, just look up. Uh, my Facebook is all fucked up. It's like Delilah Black. Um, that's some, that's just like some stuff that Facebook makes it difficult. They want to like you know, put in all your information and know your address. And I'm like, just call me Delilah Black. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure if you you know, so yeah, Instagram, Black Man White Baby, and then my website is the best way. Perfect. Do you have a mailing list if people want to sign up? Do you send out like, hey, this is what's coming up? Or is it really Instagram? If you go to my website, I think the first page has upcoming shows. So Mm -hmm. I'll generally put what I'm up to next on there. 
um, Instagram, I'm constantly letting you know what I'm doing. And then, you know, periodicals that are written about me, they're there. So Instagram is probably the quickest way to get information about what I'm doing next, mm -hmm. where I'm at, or who I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> and you have um, the L Photo LA coming up? Photo LA is coming up. That's really cool because I um, actually did a piece called um, uh, <laughs> Black Angels uh, for the uh, Los Angeles Artists Association uh, show that they had recently. And uh, Phil Tarley, who's a curator here in West Hollywood, uh, really liked my work and chose one of my images from my website. Uh, called We Are One, and uh, it's kind of where I have a big uh, rope, uh, lynching headpiece mm -hmm. and neck piece, and I'm in, covered completely black, and I'm nursing a white baby doll. And I uh, Phil loved the piece so much that he asked me, asked to put it on the wall of fame at Photo LA, which is uh, January 30th. I to think February so. 2nd, <laughs> I should know this, uh, at the uh, Barker Hangar in Santa Monica. Uh, it's an international show. Uh, it's huge. Go see it. Um, my piece will be up on the Wall of Fame. You can buy that thing, too. Um, and then, yeah, so that's coming up. Are those are all large-scale? Do you print them large? or? I generally do smaller prints because the... the uh, the information, the image is so strong and shocking sometimes. I think sometimes less is more. Okay. Mm -hmm. However, this one will be a gigantic one, like 50 by 60. <laughs> and I am working on a large piece now. Um, it's called Mockingbird. That's all I'm going to say. But it's going to be a huge piece called Mockingbird. Uh, yeah. Very exciting. Yeah, thank you. Well, thank you so much for podcasting with me. I appreciate it. It's fun. It's a pleasure. You're an amazing artist and amazing person. I'm so glad to get to know you, really. Oh, me really, too. I'm so glad. Yeah, actually, my boyfriend uh, pointed you out on Instagram and said, you should contact her. I swear. And he's like, I think you two would be a match. And I was like, get out of here. And I looked at your page and I was like, this, she's wonderful. Yeah, I love what you Aww. do and how you take something that we just go, oh, they're shallow people. Beauty pageant queens are shallow mm -hmm. people. And you add so much depth and understanding, and and it's and you and you make it relatable to many many people of diverse uh, backgrounds. I think that's really special. So thank you. That's why I'm talking to you. <laughs> I'm glad we can be friends. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> All right, bye guys. <laughs>